Welcome to the Biz Times MKE podcast and our weekly debrief. I'm Arthur Thomas, an associate editor here at Biz Times Media. On this week's episode, we'll be discussing two big stories from the week. First, the foreclosure of the 100 East office building at 100 East Wisconsin, and then the nomination of Milwaukee Mayor Tom Barrett as Ambassador of Luxembourg. Uh, joining me to do that are real estate reporter Alex Zenk and Biz Times editor Andrew Wineland. Andrew and Alex, how are we doing? All right. All right. It's been a busy week, Arthur. It's been a busy week. We kept you busy, Alex. We don't let you slow down. The real estate news does not let you slow down, um, but that's good for you. Keep you busy. Um, so uh, first, I want to talk about 100 East, and this is a fairly substantial uh, office building in downtown Milwaukee that is now in foreclosure. Um, how did we end up at this point where you know significant office building is is in foreclosure in, in the heart of Milwaukee? Right. So foreclosure proceedings started this year, but I think the writing was kind of on the wall, reaching back several years now. Um, we'll go back to 2018. Uh, Michael Best had announced their intentions at the end of 2019 at that time. Uh, it turned out to be early 2020 of moving into the BMO Tower just up the street from 100 East. And they were, you know, they acted as their anchor tenant. So that's a lot of square footage uh, that was going to become vacant. Uh, later in the future, a national credit rate rating um, firm noticed that and put a $51 million loan uh, on that building on its watch list. Um, and then, of course, another tenant was lost, um, PricewaterhouseCoopers, in, um, in 2016. Uh, at the end of 2016, moved to another new building. It wasn't a brand new building in BMO Tower, but it definitely wasn't the time, uh, 833 East. So, you know, it's just losing tenants from one Class A building to uh, these newer Class A buildings, again, BMO Tower in 833. Uh, that's kind of the name of the game. This stuff happens a lot, especially the Mo- Milwaukee market. Uh, you got a shiny new tower online. The, you know, the flight to quality is a thing. Uh, so that just put 100 East in a bad spot. I was told by, um, COSAR group and ready comps that as it stands today, their vacancy is around, I guess their occupancy is around 55%. So that's definitely not good. Um, you can't make money with all that empty space there. Uh, and that's where we're at now. Uh, it, the operations of that building are in the hands of a receiver and we're going to see what happens from there. So you, you called around, you talked to some office brokers and kind of other people who are experts um, about, you know, what, what does the future look like for this building? And obviously, you know, having, like you said, flight to the, to the higher quality buildings happen. Um, what does kind of the future look like? What are some of the challenges for this building going forward? Yeah, right, Arthur. As you pointed out, I just did a lot of reporting for a, a recent office based special report on the new office towers that have come online, uh, including the Huron building, BMO tower. Uh, you get that game where, you know, that's got the modern amenities, everything like that, advanced building systems, more, um, efficient and larger, uh, floor plates. So when you get a lot of movement to those newer buildings, uh, these other older class A office buildings, which you would throw 100 East in there. Um, it's around 30 years old, a little bit more than 30 years old now. Uh, they have to reposition uh, in some way, 
Now you see the 250 building, and this is what one of my one of the interviewees told me when I was asking them about 100 East is would this building potentially get the 250 treatment? What that means is, you know, you've got a new buyer comes in, uh, takes it at a, probably a discounted rate, um, makes a, you know, a lot of investments, million dollars, millions of dollars worth of investment in the building to kind of bring it up to more uh, current standards. Uh, again, it's not going to ever be like a BMO tower, these buildings, but uh, they certainly will be more competitive. Uh, it's just kind of an alternative, uh, less expensive option to the really high end uh, stock on the market. And so we've seen that before, right? So the, the, uh, the 250 building you mentioned, the Avenue, um, the 42, there's other office buildings downtown that have gone through these renovations and, and kind of come out the other side or are looking like they're going to come out the other side, right? Yeah. And, and those are two really good examples with Avenue. They only have 13,000 square feet, uh, of available office space left to lease out. And that, that product hasn't been online that long. Um, then you've also got the 42 building that is fully leased out, uh, the office suites portion of it. That's a mixed use building, but the offices are now fully occupied with Badger Mutual recently moving in there. So that really got, those both got big overhauls, you know, they, Again, they offer an attractive alternative, class A, maybe B plus type space that is similar. Uh, and it's got these amenities such as a food hall or a brewery um, in, in each of those buildings respectively uh, that are attractive and you know they, they do quite well. And it's, they certainly do better than the other existing class B or even C office stock that really isn't getting much updating at all. Yeah. Um, so, Andrew, what do you make of this? What do you make of what this means for downtown Milwaukee, for the city, that uh, the, the 100 East has kind of got a little bit of an uncertain future at the moment? Um, first of all, it's a big deal because, you know, there was a time when 100 East was considered a premier address in downtown Milwaukee. Um, we have to remember this is a it's a 37 story building. Uh, which makes it, it's right about the same height as the B, or, or the Northwestern Mutual Tower. So this is about second tallest, second or third tallest office building in the state. Um, it's at the corner of Wisconsin Avenue and Water Street. That is in Maine, quote unquote, in downtown Milwaukee. So, I mean, it's, it's on the river. It's, it's an ideal location. It's a big, prominent building. Like I said, it has long been considered one of the premier addresses of downtown but um you know it was built in the late 80s and i think you know we're seeing it has reached a point in its life cycle and as alex is pointing out there are new buildings that are that have come online that are competing with it either new buildings or or some of these you know you mentioned the 250 building that's an older office building that you know, was modernized or some of these other buildings you're talking about, like the Avenue are things that were completely reinvented to become office space. But, you know, these are cool new, you know, locate cool new spaces that are now competing with this building that's just getting older. Um, you know, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens over there. But I think it's, it's a reflection of a couple of things. One is that, you know, unfortunately, the Milwaukee office market still is not very strong. 
you know, it's great to add some new buildings, but, you know, like the BMO tower, but when they are simply cannibalizing from existing buildings and, it, you know, it becomes a sort of game of musical chairs as far as downtown office space, that isn't really growing the market. You know, when you are buildings that are built and then bring in, you know, new tenants from outside the market and grow the market rather than just moving around the shuffling shuffling around the market. So, um, you know, that's a disappointing thing to see new office space added and it's, it's resulting in, you know, moving a movement and not so much growth, which now results in, you know, this, here's a building that lost tenants and now they're, now it's in foreclosure, now it's in trouble. And the other thing happening, obviously, of course, is the, the COVID-19 pandemic, which still has a lot of people working at home and has obviously put a severe um, cold shower on the office market. And you've got a lot of office tenants wondering what their future is. You know, if you're a building struggling to attract tenants, this is not a great time. So, you know, we've seen some old office buildings get repositioned as residential or as hotels. I don't know that that'll happen with, in this case, I think Alex is right and his sources make a lot of sense who are saying, the 250 building is a, is a logical comparison that the building could still be an office building, but it probably needs to be renovated, brought up to modern standards, make it more competitive. And it's probably going to be, you know, I don't know about a class B building, but maybe, you know, a step or two down from a true class A building at a lower price point to make it attractive to potential tenants. Certainly. So the other big news this week was that Milwaukee Mayor Tom Barrett will be leaving his position as mayor at some point here in the future to become ambassador to Luxembourg. Um, So he's been mayor since 2004, Um, won't actually be stepping down, you know, immediately or next week or anything. It'll be once he's confirmed by the U.S. Senate. So unclear exactly when it'll be. I think they've been moving kind of slow in terms of getting ambassadorships approved. Um, But when he does step aside, then uh, Cavalier or Chevy Johnson, the common council president takes over as acting mayor. And then there's going to be a special election at some point um, to fill the remainder of Barrett's term, which he was just, I think, elected last year uh, to that four-year term. So um, obviously there, you know, there's that news piece of it, um, but then Alex, you went, you went and talked with uh, people in the business community, people in the real estate community about what they'd like to see in Milwaukee's next mayor. What did you hear from people? Right. And first I wanted to just reiterate that point you made earlier, Arthur, that uh, city mayor Tom Barrett is not just leaving next week or anything. He'll still be in in office for several months. So when I'm talking to these business leaders, it's not like, you know, it's not like we have forgotten that he's still the mayor, but, you know, just looking ahead, which is, you know, again, just a few months or so down the road um, and then beyond into the city's future, you know, just getting some ideas of uh, what they hope uh, for or expect out of um, whoever the the next mayor uh, may be. Now, of course, you know, I reached out to, um, all sorts of people in the business community that have different perspective on things. So I did get a, a variety of responses. I heard everything from uh, supporting a local sales tax option 
which is definitely a big thing among the business community and local governments that they would like to see, but that's kind of hung up in the state level. Uh, the purpose of that would be to provide um, much needed property tax relief as Car W stated in my story. And then I've got uh, Julie Kaufman, um, who is a local entrepreneur and president of Fixed Development LLC saying um, some of her priorities include um, working toward greater equity in the city, as well as, you know, focus on climate based initiatives that includes um, changes to our infrastructure and transportation systems. Uh, and then I had another person, um, Jim Villa of Nayap, Wisconsin, that's a real estate developers and owners association, uh, point out something uh, I think that's, that's pretty, pretty important. And that is mayors have a history of very lengthy times in office in Milwaukee. So he pointed out that whoever's elected the next mayor, that could be, you know, for the next couple decades or so kind of setting the agenda at the executive level. Um, so Jim mentioned whoever the mayor is, we need to take some, uh, big risks, capitalize on all the positive things happening in terms of development, but also make sure that every, uh, resident sees growth and opportunity. Uh, so again, you know, there's definitely more in that reporting that I did, but I think that kind of gives a taste for what some people in the business community are saying of what they want out of the, uh, next mayor, whoever that might be. Um, yeah, it was definitely interesting to read all those. Andrew, what are your thoughts here? Like Alex said, you know, Milwaukee tends to keep mayors for a long time. Um, what do you think of Tom Barrett's legacy? Um, and kind of what do you think the, the business community is going to want going forward? Um, well, as far as his legacy, you know, he takes a lot of criticism. And I think he's not nearly as... As, as bad of a mayor as some of his harshest critics make him out to be, you know, on, on the one hand, we've seen a lot of development, you know, downtown has really boomed and neighborhoods around downtown have done very, very well during his time as mayor. I mean, the city has been revitalized in that area, you know, tremendously. And, you know, that's been frankly exciting to see and, you know, he and his administration have been, you know, supportive of that. And they've, you know, a lot of it's private sector driven, of course, but uh, the mayor's office and DCD are, are involved in supporting a lot of that development activity and a lot of those projects. Where, you know, Barrett has struggled tremendously is, you know, problems that the city had, big problems that the city had when he became mayor remain problems. Um, we still have, there still is a lot of crime issues in the city of Milwaukee, and there still is tremendous poverty in many of the city's residential neighborhoods. Uh, you know, a large swath of the city has issues with crime and poverty. So while downtown and the areas around downtown are doing great, and many of them have been tremendously revitalized, much of the city is still struggling. And not that you know, I think Barrett is often accused of only focusing on downtown. I think that's really unfair. I don't, I don't think that's true at all. I think his administration has tried to improve, you know, lower income neighborhoods of the city, but they just haven't been successful. Um, you know, I think, you know, looking at the Century City site in the 30th Street Industrial Corridor, and there was a lot of hope of attracting businesses there. 
you know, very little has come in there. I mean, that's just kind of a perfect example of, you know, and, and if, if solving central city crime and poverty was easy, it would have been done a long time ago, but um, Barrett just hasn't succeeded there. And I think there's hope for new ideas to tackle those problems, because frankly, I think, you know, the crime thing is such a huge thing. I, I really think if you could somehow solve the crime problem in Milwaukee, or at least significantly, I think you would see a huge boom in some of these neighborhoods. And I think you would see a surge of businesses coming into parts of the city that are struggling right now. But I think the, the crime issue just really is, is holding back those areas. And I don't have a solution. Um, different things have been tried and there's gonna be a lot of debate about what approach should be taken. But you know, the, the next mayor is, is gonna face that for sure. The other thing that people will talk about, certainly for Baird, is of course the streetcar project, very controversial. Um, it goes back decades in terms of debate over mass transit in this community and what to do with federal funds that were allocated that ended up being used for the streetcar. Um, you know, Barrett got it built, even though there was a lot of opposition to it. It had some success in terms of ridership, then ridership really plummeted during the pandemic, understandably. Um, but, and so what's, what's the future? Will ridership come back? Will, it's a very expensive system. Will it ever prove to be worth it in terms of ridership, attracting development? Uh, there's a lot of skepticism about that and, 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 and a lot needs to be, remains to be seen. The city has planned on expanding that system. That would be tremendously expensive to continue to expand it. And is that really worth it? There are a lot of hard questions there. And the next mayor is going to kind of inherit the streetcar. And some people support pushing that forward. Some people feel it's a boondoggle that you should pull the plug as soon as possible. It'll be interesting to see the approach the next mayor takes there. Definitely. And it'll be interesting to see how, you know, the special election, whenever it does happen, how that shapes up. And you look at politics kind of at the national level or different, you know, different wings within I mean, Milwaukee is obviously a democratic leaning city. Um, does it go more a progressive route or does it go for a kind of more centrist moderate route? Um, that'll be another interesting element to see. Obviously the mayoral office is officially nonpartisan, but um, you can often uh, tell where people are. So, yeah, I mean, there's going to be, there's, there's going to be a huge slew of candidates that run. Um, and, you know, one of the reasons is because it tends to be whoever wins, becomes mayor of Milwaukee tends to have that job for a long time. Um, and I imagine you'll have a, a variety of perspectives, but yeah, pretty tough for a conservative in the city of Milwaukee, just based on the voting patterns of the, the community. There are conservatives in the city, but just not very many. And so pretty tough um, for, for someone like that to win. I, you know, I know Bob Donovan is talking about running, but it's gonna be difficult for him to win a citywide race. Um, I'm sure we'll have much more progressive candidates as well, but, you know, I don't, I don't know that they can win either. And so I think it may, you know, certainly will be a left-leaning individual, um, how left. And I certainly think, you know, um, 
it, it's going to be interesting no matter what. <laughs> Definitely. And we'll see it come play out over the next coming months. And I'm sure we'll keep Alex busy with uh, more stories in the interim. So with that, we'll uh, sign off for this week. Alex, Andrew, thanks for joining me. And for those of you listening who are BizTimes insiders, thank you for subscribing. We appreciate your support. If you're not already an insider, uh, the stories we were talking about today are insider stories. You can read them in full at biztimes.com if you sign up. So appreciate it. And we'll talk to you guys later.